Welcome to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across multiple genres talking about the one thing that we are all bound by, books. Hello and welcome. I'm your one of your hosts, Sherry Hayes. I write sexy contemporary romance and I'm joined today with my co-host, Tina Moss. Tina, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and what you write and how long you've been writing? Hi, thanks, Sherry. So I'm Tina Moss. I write urban fantasy, paranormal romance. And as of this fall, I'll jump into sci-fi romance. I am a USA Today bestselling author. I've written in other authors' worlds as well. And I'm happy to be a co-host of the podcast. Well, I'm glad to have you. It's, uh, it's, an, it's been an exciting adventure <laughs> in taking on this new podcast. So we're, we're just kind of playing everything by ear and uh, seeing how it all goes. You've been writing for how long? I finished my first novel with my co-author in 2009, landed an agent, went down the traditional road of publishing for a little longer than I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> traditional publishing is definitely a whole different animal than self-publishing, that's for sure. I started with a small publisher and uh, it, it's, it's was definitely, even though I had uh, had five years of experience publishing with a small publisher, it was a totally, totally different animal when I, everything was on my own plate. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to steer anybody in the wrong direction. Traditional publishing certainly has its advantages and there's pros to it. But for me personally, it just um, stunted my writing journey. And I, feel like I should be further along than I am now because of it. Well, it's definitely a much slower journey, if that makes sense. I mean, the, the way, the way traditional publishing runs, I mean, I, when I was, when I was with a small publisher, we were on a nine month cycle. Mm -hmm. So when I turned in my story to them to begin the editing and formatting and cover design process, it was nine months from the time I started, you know, turned it in to the time it actually got to readers. Right. And I mean, there aren't very many self-publishers out there that have a nine month cycle. Yeah. (laughs) There's a few of them, but not many. (laughs) For sure. And then for and in traditional publishing in, um, you know, the the big four, are we up to the big four still or have they merged yet again? <laughs> I, I think like, we're still in four. I know it I used to be six and then it went to five and I think we're down to four. <laughs> down to four. It's, it's uh, always a question mark. And then, of course, the juggernaut that is the Zon. Um, but yeah, if nine months yeah. would probably be fast in the traditional publishing yes. world because we're talking anything from like 13 months out to 24 months out is kind of standard in, in the New York publishing world. Um, and, Which and unfortunately for me, it was just, it was, it was not, not the journey I should have been on. Which is actually, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, especially knowing, um, you know, knowing the side of the business from a self-publishing standpoint, everything in the book world moves so fast. Oh yeah. I mean, everything. what, ha- what was working, you know, last month is not necessarily working today. And to think that traditional publishers are a year and a half to two years out to right. try to produce. A predict what is going to be popular then, but all the marketing things that go with it. I mean, that 
that's crazy to me. <laughs> and you're only going to get faster because the younger generations have, um, you know, less attention spans. They want things uh, immediately and they can move on to the next thing with a swipe. So they're yeah. not willing to wait the, the years sometimes that these books come out. Although I will say that um, Gen Z does have a loyal YA fantasy following. I had no idea how big it was until I, I jumped into the world of book talk on TikTok. And suddenly I was like an old person. <laughs> And you're not that old. That's the crazy thing. Oh my goodness. No. This is a whole new world. Well, I mean, it I mean, it's the reason I'm assuming, you know, Amazon has decided to go with Vela to introduce Vela because they're trying to tap into that market. And um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, fan fiction's been around for years and it's basically the same format as, right and who doesn't fan love fiction. fan fiction like I know. fan fiction is great i actually have a funny story this this is a little bit of a segue but I, you'll appreciate this so on tiktok i've been steadily building up my audience trying to cultivate some of the younger readers and i had a video just recently go semi-viral about labyrinth and david bowie playing the goblin king in labyrinth now this was just a trend it was literally just something i was throwing out there but it's had over fifty thousand views wow and i said i have to capitalize on this opportunity i can't let this go to waste so um unbeknownst to me in my writing plan i am now thanks to these viewers on tiktok going to be writing a goblin king inspired reverse harem serial story <laughs> Wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> I didn't know that's where my writing was going to go. But I mean, if, if these readers wanted, I, I've invited them to come join my group and, you know, give input each week into this uh, serialized format. And we'll see what happens. Wow. Yeah, you wouldn't think. I mean, because that is that is a... I mean, it's not a new movie. I was going to say, you could say it. It's an older movie. And, and I'm like, I'm sitting here and I don't even, I mean, I'm, I mean, I've seen it, but I'm sitting here trying to even remember. Was that the 80s? It was. It okay. was. Okay. I, I was thinking it was the 80s. I'm going, because I'm pretty sure I was still in school back then. Yep. But David <laughs> Bowie transcends all generations. Him in um, a really? revealing and tight fitting uh, outfit, apparently transcending the ages wow well if you ever get a chance micro has a uh, a book and i'm trying to remember the name of it i can't remember it to be honest but he has a book out where i was listening to the audiobook and he tells the story of how david bowie became david bowie oh amazing and it is a story that is completely it, it involves a fight with his best friend over a girl <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, and there's like, and he basically, you know, tells the story is like, and if this wouldn't have happened, he would, it would have never have led him down the path that ended up making him a rock star. Wow. I See, mean, you just crazy. never know where your path's going to end up. I didn't know that I was going to be writing a Goblin King reverse harem, which I've oh. never written reverse harem, by the way. This is literally inspired by readers, but I'm, I'm taking, you know, a page out of the, the fan fiction authors and, and going to give the people what they want. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to even think if I've ever read a reverse harem, to be honest. The only types that I could even think of is like Laurel K. Hamilton, who's like kind of but not really like further in the series. She dabbled in that. But a true reverse harem? No, I haven't. So now I have a whole hmm. big reading list. <laughs> I imagine you do. But lucky for you, it's a very popular genre. It is. So it you is. Have, I think I'm it's sure, going to be fun. I'm sure you have a lot of reading to do. Oh, yes. <laughs> many, many books. Oh my goodness. So now you told us what you are planning to work on in the future. What about um, your very first novel? What was your very first novel and uh, how did you come up with the idea for it? So this is kind of a fun story because my co-author, who is also my business partner now, was originally my sparring partner in karate. So I am a traditional Shotokan black belt and a 10-year competitor, although you would not know it by the looks of me now. <laughs> but at one time, I was rather athletically inclined, not so much anymore. Um, but at the time, I was, gosh, I was in college, and I had had this idea just like percolating in my brain for years about this guardian angel figure and this ordinary guy the the guardian angel was actually the girl at the time and just in casual conversation I mentioned it to my sparring partner slash friend and she had said that she was really wanting to get back into writing that she hadn't written in a while and that she really wanted to get into it and I said well you know we're friends we're sparring partners why not be writers together as well um, and she really just in conversation helped flush out this whole idea. We switched up the, the genders and the guardian angel became fallen angels and, and the hero of the story. And the heroine of the story um, was like this ordinary figure with a secret. And that was our very first urban fantasy slash paranormal romance, like kind of bordering on the, the edge of both. Um, and that was my first full length novel. And that kind of took me down this um, professional fiction writing uh, world. Wow. Wow. So what were you planning out? Uh, what was your career path before this other than, I mean, you said academia. Yeah. So my career has, has been very uh, odd. I've always wanted to be a writer from the time that I was, you know, like five years old, like ridiculous, love to write stories, wrote horrific horror stories like you know for a child's mind um as a kid and then of course dabbled in self-insert stories uh in middle school so I always wanted to be a writer but I grew up poor and I had my librarian loving grandmother in my head saying like you have to be able to eat and you have to be able to have a roof over your head so I did what any you know good hearted person who doesn't want to betray their grandmother would do I became um I went into English I majored in English because you know you're never going to starve with an English major certainly not <laughs> not at all it's a really well sought after degree yes clearly clearly I was going to be perfectly fine as an English major um but I pursued it in, in graduate school as well. So I went abroad to teach English uh, for about a year. I came back, I landed in 
running tutoring centers, getting involved with um, students with special needs, really loving that area, but always having this passion for writing. And in 2014, my co-author, now business partner, and I decided that we had had it with traditional publishing. We were, we were tired of that road. We were tired of the slowdowns and, and the rejections and, and all that comes with that and said, you know what, we could do this and, and maybe even do it better and decided to start City Owl Press, which is our small press, our independent publishing house. And we've had some great success with it. So this year, actually, no, last year, in 2020, which was the craziest year for everyone, I was able to um, go full time with the business. So between the business and writing, this this is my life now, 24 seven. That's awesome. That was good timing. I mean, without yeah. the, I mean, with, like you said, the craziness of last year was was definitely uh, a good word for it. I mean, bless all the teachers out there, because if there was any year to leave the education profession, it was last year, man, because that was rough, rough all around. But shout out to the teachers out there. Yeah, I find it interesting that uh, out of the five of us authors that are, I think, three of you grew up wanting to be writers, whereas Danielle and I did not. Which was fascinating to listen to. (laughs) Because I have had this like in me my entire life. So to think that somebody would be crazy enough to pursue this afterwards. <laughs> I know. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I, it, yeah. I mean, I, to say, I mean, it sounds, I mean, when Danielle and I were talking, it was like, it, we both just kind of fell into it, you know, for, for very that, similar though. reasons, but we just fell into it, never dreamed of it. But we also both came from, uh, performing arts backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So Which I thought it was so interesting. So what inspired you, your idea for your first story? My, my first published novel, um, strictly professional, it was originally titled Hidden Threats um, because it was originally with the publisher. Uh, when I got my rights back, I retitled it because it was fit better with my brand. Uh, it's an office romance, but the story actually originated as a very kind of different. I mean, it, it was similar in the characters, but it was different in the um, imagining of it, I guess, the setting and all of that. Um kind of more along the lines of your your uh, your books there for your thing. Um <laughs> I actually, uh, I had a very rough uh, teenage year, a few teenage years um, Mm -hmm. in my life. And so I kind of escaped to escape from reality. I would, um, I made up this story about this, these, this woman and this man and um, their relationship and how they met and you know, and this, I would, they would go on adventures and they would, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I, over the years, it kind of, it originally started on another planet. <laughs> so you do write sci-fi romance. <laughs> Just very much more like in your line of your stuff. Um, and as I got older, it kind of, and I kind of geared, I think it was more, it started on another planet because at the time I was reading uh, like Dune, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Star Wars and things yep. like that. So it kind of was 
you know, it morphed around what I was reading. And as I got older and I kind of got away from the sci-fi um, stories that I was reading and got more into contemporary, the story kind of my, you know, imagined story kind of morphed as well along with it as I, as I went through it. And uh, I ended up after writing um, a couple of, uh, writing a fan fiction that was set in Chicago Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about it on the first episode, you know, that I started writing because uh, of prison break. So when I sat down to write this, this story that had been kind of floating around in my head for, oh gosh, 15 years at that point, mm-hmm. um, I decided to set it in Chicago. Love that. And, uh, so yeah, it was, it, it was, it was a very long time coming, but if you would have asked 14 year old me, if the story that I was in these characters that were, you know, going, you know, that I was playing with in my head was ever going to actually make it onto a page and be out there for the entire world to read, I would have never believed you. I would have never Aww. believed you. <laughs> but you still had it. You had the writing bug, even though you didn't know it. Well, I did, but I never thought that I would write. And the main, it never, it never, um, occurred to me to be a writer because I am a really really crappy speller and uh, and um I just people I mean I used to have when I was a kid I used to actually have trouble remembering like figuring out how to spell uh who and how Mm -hmm. like those those would trip me up all the time um it was so bad that um during my uh second grade year when I got into second grade two weeks into the school year my teacher called my parents in for a parent teacher conference and told them that she wasn't sure I was going to pass the second grade because my spelling was so bad oh lovely so yeah so she's featured as a villain in one of your stories I'm sure oh we, <laughs> we actually right my mom and I actually ran into her a few years oh. ago at a funeral of all places did you tell her like I'm a professional author. <laughs> well, I didn't. My mother did, though. My mom was just like, she's, yes, like, yes, she's a published author now. She has, she has all of these books. And I oh yeah, it. it was my mom was relishing in that. Yes. Let me tell you, she was she was very very pleased to be able to kind of rub it in her face. Mom but, um, pride, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but because of that, I always struggle. Like I I I usually got like. B's and C's in English because Mm -hmm. it wasn't that my content of my papers was bad. My content, my stories were good, but I always got marked off for spelling and grammar. Mm -hmm. And so I never in my wildest dreams, again, it never occurred to me that I would write a story. I mean, and, and publish it. It was like, you know, nobody told me that you have editors. I mean, I right. knew you did, but nobody said, oh, it doesn't matter as long as the story's good. You have an editor for all the spelling and grammar stuff. So honestly, I'm going to put on my uh, former teacher hat for a second, a former professor. It's one of the things that has always irked me being in education that there is so much value placed on proper spelling and grammar. And I'll tell you why. Because we know in the publishing process, This goes through so many editing rounds that to me, it's completely ridiculous to expect one person to have 
all this knowledge in their head and all this ability to put things on paper and then also to be a brilliant content editor and a brilliant mm -hmm. developmental editor and a brilliant copy editor, line editor, proofreader, etc. Mm -hmm. But that is what we kind of expect of students in school. But we even expect it really. The traditional publishers kind of still expect it because I mean, I know True. I know people, I know authors who pay for editors before they ever submit their books. It's wild. It's crazy. It's like, shouldn't you just be looking for a really good story? Like Absolutely. really, you know, one that actually pulls you in and, you know, sweeps you up in the story because all the rest of that stuff can be fixed on the back end, but yep. that's not how it works, unfortunately. And right. so unless you're going to go the self-publishing route where you can just come up with a story and then pay an editor mm -hmm. and then get the benefits of that you know, on the back end as well, then, you know. And honestly, it's a little ableist having worked with students with learning disabilities, dyslexia, reading comprehension um, issues and the like. It's really just not taking into account that, hey, there are reasons why people have these difficulties. And even if there aren't, not everybody is is a master at grammar. And that's yeah. okay. Maybe they're a master storyteller, but not a master at grammar. And that does that mean we discard their stories? We shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. Unfortunately, it, it, it happens a lot. And like I said, I think more so it's one of the, the advantages really that self-publishing has brought because it, you can find stories out there now in the self-publishing realm that you would never have been able to find in the traditional realm because Absolutely. traditional has such a small box mm -hmm. that they're you know they're wanting and they don't account for any of the other creative and imaginative things that are out there i mean i don't read i honestly don't read that much traditionally published stuff anymore i'm gonna read some no. of it but mo i would say probably 80 to 90 percent of the books that i read these days Mm -hmm. are from are from self-published authors yeah me too it makes going to a bookstore very difficult yeah <laughs> it does and, and kind of sad in a way because when I walk into a bookstore for me it feels like more of the same right it doesn't feel like there's anything truly inventive or original the mm -hmm. entire genre of reverse harem like I said I only know about because of TikTok. And I'm only interested in writing it because these readers said, hey, I want to read this story. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't have a clue otherwise. I was going to say, are there any reverse harem stories in traditional publishing? If there are, I don't know them. Yeah. I'm sure say, there, there's probably a few, but I can't say that I've ever been like, yes, that's traditional and that's reverse harem. Yeah. I was going to say, if there are, they're not uh overly publicized because right. I, I i i have not any all of them that come to mind like all of the covers and stuff that are coming to my head they're all they're all, all indie. indie yep which is. is crazy considering again how big the genre is i mean honestly i looked at a reverse harem because i'm building my my uh, reading list now right and there's one on there that is a ranking of six thousand in the entire amazon store and came out in 2018 that's We're high talking about three-year-old book that's doing remarkably well and just a yeah. random one that i put in not like you know i i found this it was somebody's recommendation but certainly not somebody who i think is like 
actively advertising a lot and here it's it's doing really well so wow thank goodness for indie publishing <laughs> yeah yeah for sure well like i said it's just it you're you're getting such more, so much more variety these days and it's it's great because there's only so many times that you can read the same iteration of a story mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. and over again <laughs> oh my goodness that is i yeah so what is it that you're working on right now um two things one i am working on a um brother's best friend story it's a it's a bdsm it's going to be called uh her forbidden kiss it's going to be in my serpent's kiss series um that one i'm hoping we'll be out before the end of the year but we'll see how everything goes i'm only about twenty thousand words into it so we've got quite a ways to go um my life is a little crazy so i never know how that's going to go on those time frames and then um i actually just um shared a new cover for um a box set that I'm doing with my two law enforcement romances. Um, awesome. The box set's called um, Boys in Blue. Mm-hmm. And where so, can we go and see this box set? Where can we see the cover? Uh, <laughs> right now, it is only on Goodreads. Okay. So, so it, it will be up on my website here shortly. I'm hoping to get it up today, but we'll see how my day, the rest of my day goes. Um, but yeah, so it will it will be up there, and then uh, if you're on my if you uh, follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, um, Pinterest, it will be up there in the next few weeks. So yeah, so your yep. work. So I'm gonna go and add it to my Goodreads uh, to be read pile, which again ever increases, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there can never be enough. Saying, does it ever go down? That's the thing. I want to meet the reader who who says, "Oh, I read all the books on my TBR list. I no, have I'm, nothing to read." I don't understand that life. I don't know that person. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, what are you currently working on? Because I don't. You said you're you're building your your pile for this reverse harem, but I'm assuming you haven't started that yet. So. No, no, I don't. I don't know what's happening. But the best part of this is I am such a plotter and I've been working towards launching a sci-fi romance series um, mm-hmm. that I've had to keep pushing back because I've had uh, different issues life with plotting <laughs> and life. Oh. Right. But I never have issues with plotting. Like I am a plotter. And the beautiful thing about this a serialization idea is that I will have no control. I just let go of control and say mm-hmm. to the readers, do you want column A or do you want column B? And then I have to write it. So this is a also an exercise for me in like letting go and just letting the writing happen. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes for you because I, I, I actually ran into an author years ago at a uh, at the Ohio Anna Book Festival and she she sat beside me and her book was a was a romance as well it was a sweet romance which you know she's sitting besides I was there with uh I was there with I was there with slave okay so (laughs) she's got this nice pretty cover with flowers on it and all this stuff and I got slave right beside her it it was funny (laughs) 
but she and I, you know, we were talking about, you know, the writing process and all this other stuff. And she was telling me how she has, she had like every chapter outlined down to like almost the sentence before she ever sat down and wrote the book. I mean, she's like telling me how she's got the whole, like her whole, like, plot of her book like all over her office floor oh and, no, no no you know when she was doing that and I'm going how how do you keep track of that and then she was of course she was fascinated with the fact that I just sit down and because I'm a pantser like a full-blown right. pantser and I just sit down and just like write and <laughs> I want to know me. what that's like I want to know the feeling because I, I am the kind of plotter who needs like I'll do for sci-fi and for paranormal, I have to know the entire world first. Like I have to mm. know this universe. I have to know the laws of this universe. If it's contemporary, I can just kind of plop in, but with, right. with these big world building things, I have to know the world first. Right. And once I know the world, then I can get into the characters and kind of outline um, six chapters at a time. And it's like three to four sentences, just so I know where I'm going. So I don't outline the whole book at once. Um, I don't know how people do that. That's impressive. But at the same time, I kind of have always had like this roadmap of, okay, this is where I'm going to go. But this is, this is a whole, I'm just letting it go. I'm just letting go. Of all yeah. Of it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a challenge for you. You'll, you'll want to take lots of long walks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's usually um, my go-to if I, um, if I'm in a position where I don't know where to write next. Mm-hmm. A, a nice long walk and I just and I'm uh, people probably think I'm crazy because I'll sit there and talk to myself and talk out the plots and go okay well this person's going here and he his history is this and her history is that and okay how how got this situation what's gonna happen next and I know uh, you know I literally talk it out but it it's it's yeah it, it's it's a different way of definitely a different way of uh of doing things and uh interesting to see how you uh you end up well, evolving with that <laughs> i will definitely share it with our podcast listeners and hopefully i don't have a complete breakdown <laughs> hopefully not hopefully not oh well i um we are actually running out of time believe it or not we have we have just blown through our time together today it. um well, Tina, why don't you share with readers uh, where you can they can find your information? Yeah, um, it's tinamoss.com is my main website. And then I'm at author Tina Moss on, I think, every social media platform. I'm most active on TikTok. So if you're into quick videos and me uh, making a fool of myself the majority of the time and other times also giving publishing and like book related information that is the number one source otherwise instagram facebook twitter etc and you and uh, you can find me on my website at uh sherryhayesauthor.com i'm also on uh facebook instagram goodreads of course um those are my probably my main ones i am also on pinterest and twitter um, and even me, we, but I don't go on those nearly as much as I do the others. Um, so yeah, if you want to find out about all my books and my series and, uh, what I'm up to next, and of course, stay tuned to the podcast too, cause, uh, we'll be Perfect. keeping everybody informed. 
Thank you so much, Sherry. And thank you out there for listening. I hope you'll join us next Monday for a new episode of Bound by Book.